Hello and welcome to uh, Phantom Talk uh, for a very special, uh, not special, I don't know, it's a finale of Christmas Fest, I guess, that <laughs> Jacob is making me and Al do uh, for, I don't know why, um, actually, uh, but here we are, we're, me and Al, we're, we're reviewing uh, the Polar Express, uh, probably my uh, least favorite Christmas movie, which is saying a lot. Wow. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I'm here with Al, uh, I'm Jenny, by the way, um, and Al, how are you doing tonight? Hi, Jenny, I'm doing, uh, <laughs> I, you know what, I'm in a pretty good place, because <laughs> as of right now, I never have to watch The Polar Express again. Oh, yeah, it, it's done. It's, it's done, done. I, feel, I feel like Frodo <laughs> at the end of... <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the Lord of the Rings, but where like, he just turns and he's just like, it's done. The thing <laughs> it's about that, though, over. is like when Frodo threw the ring, nobody came up to him and was like, hey, will you like talk about it in depth uh, and ask <laughs> questions about it? Because, you know, but uh, yeah. But yes, it does. It does feel like Frodo a bit. I get it. Um, yeah. Boy. Yeah. So, so Al, what what's the synopsis of this movie? I don't, dude. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing that struck me when I was watching this is that I hadn't watched this in years. This movie came out in like two thousand and four. I think I watched it with my family in two thousand and five when my mom bought the DVD because mm-hmm. she just habitually buys DVDs. She's kind of an entered. Heyman hoarder and I kind of am too. I think I got it from her. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, she bought the DVD and I watched it with my family like the year after. Um, and I remember so much happening in the Polar Express from the last time I saw it, which again, I was like 12 years old. Um, I'm 28 now. Um, watching it a few days ago, to prepare for this here episode that you guys are enjoying. Um, I was struck by how nothing happens in this movie. <laughs> yes. Like nothing really ha- like things are on screen, <laughs> but like nothing really happens. Like a fair synopsis of this is that a <laughs> child is kidnapped on a train and then returned home. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's a pretty fair <laughs> synopsis but i'll go a bit more in depth because i know um i know our um, our viewers and our listeners are expecting the old the old one two from this boy (laughs) the old um, razzle (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so this is this is a movie about a young boy he's getting older as we all are um it's true (laughs) and um he's starting to not believe in santa claus he's kind of put pieces of the puzzle together. Um, and he's starting to figure out, hmm, some the adults aren't being honest with me when they talk about Santa. Uh, this is everyone's heads up. If you, for some reason, like, listen to this show with your children, uh, this probably isn't a good one uh, to listen to if you have very young kids, because I don't want to be the bastard who says a thing about a character that, that crushes their hopes and dreams. I'm sure you get out of the room for this one. Uh, this is your heads up. But um, yeah, he's starting to figure out just like, hmm, I'm not sure about this Santa business. 
Um, so the most reasonable thing to happen is a steam engine locomotive um, comes by his house <laughs> just on the street. There are no railroad tracks on his street. It just shows up, just slides on in there. <laughs> and um, Tom Hanks, who is having the time of his life in the Polar Express. Tom Hanks as the engineer comes up and is just like, hello, this is a Polar Express, which is like an expression that you better get used to hearing. <laughs> and he says, hop on the train. We're going to the North Pole. And the boy's just like, I don't know about this, but parenting was terrible in the 50s, so I'm going to come with you. Uh, <laughs> and, and he hops on the train and there's all kinds of other children being trafficked up north. Uh, who he can hang out with um and um they go to to the north pole um there's a sequence where um a little girl who the main character befriends um uh, has lost her ticket and he's trying to return the ticket to her uh, because apparently tom hanks is just gonna start chucking kids off this train <laughs> Um, if they don't have their tickets. Um, and there's this really elaborate sequence where the ticket is almost swallowed by like a baby hawk and then is coughed up and floats down and hits a hobo in the face. And the hobo could be a ghost. The hobo could be an angel. The hobo could be Santa. We don't know. We never learn. Um, it's the most infuriating hobo you've ever seen. <laughs> um, come to find out, none of that matters. And they end up at the North Pole. Um, they go on another side adventure that also doesn't have any weight on the narrative. And then um, Santa gives a special toy to the main character, Boy, whose name escapes me. Does he, is he ever named? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, yeah. I don't think he is. Um, but but um, he gives, gives him a special bell that rings and it can only be heard if you believe in Santa and then he's ushered back and yeah there you go everybody okay um, you just so watched the... the Polar Express <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the boy is named Hero Boy then the girl is named Hero Girl um, then there's also the know-it-all kid and Smokey and Billy is the lonely boy. Yes, we did get a first name for him, which I was happy. Yes. Um, that was good. Hero boy, toothless boy. I don't remember who that is. I have the IMDb page pulled up now. But like, why don't people have names? Is is this a video game by Hideo Kojima? <laughs> like, why are people just named an adjective that they're associated with? I, anyway, I, um, Jenny, do you have anything to add to my synopsis? <laughs> um, I mean, no, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We, we <laughs> see you, everyone. Go listen to the Star Wars podcast. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, no, I just get such a creepy vibe from this movie. It's so weird, and so, and, like, and all the characters to me look so unsettling. Like, looking at their faces just bothered me. 
Um, yes. um, did you feel that way at all? Yes. So this uh, this movie is infamous for this. If if nobody got if nobody's heard of the Polar Express and you don't know what we're talking about, if you haven't gotten the vibe from it already, this is an animated movie. This is not yes. a live action movie. <laughs> yes. Um, but boy, they tried to make it a live action movie, <laughs> despite guess. it being um, animated. It's it's three D animation, which is. Which, like, I'm always a little bit iffy on anyway. I prefer, like, the 2D hand-drawn stuff. Um, But um, it is... Polar Express is infamous for how the characters look. Because they evoke a very Uncanny Valley kind of feel to them. And uh, for people who don't know that phrase, Uncanny Valley um, refers to the um, unsettling... Um, sensation that any said and described where if you see something that looks like it should be human but its appearance looks somewhat off and you and you have trouble kind of ailing down why it looks off um uncanny valley is one of the more terrifying psychological phenomenons i have learned about in my education and my career as a psychologist because um if you follow evolutionary psychology, um, which you shouldn't entirely, but it does ask some interesting questions. Um, one may ask at what point in our human evolution did we require the psychological defense mechanism to notice that things aren't as human as they first appear? Um, that's a terrifying, yeah, that's a terrifying <laughs> idea. And I was constantly reminded of how terrifying that is when I was watching the Polar Express. Yeah, no, that takes that movie to like another level, actually. Now that, yeah, wow. Well, I was going to ask if you thought, because, okay, so this movie is a phenomenon to me because how popular it is with kids. Like every kid just goes so hard for this movie um, if they're under a certain age. And then I feel like after they're like, 12 or 11 or something like it's like okay nobody really likes that movie but like little kids just like they're glued to the tv do you think it's because of how weird the humans look in it like what do you think it could be yeah i think it could be that like it's so strange because i would imagine that a movie like this uh probably should be a child's first encounter with like the uncanny valley sensation and if it's like yeah. a new kind of, yeah, <laughs> should be. And if it's like a new kind of like feeling and stimulation, then yeah, I can see how they're just like, what is going on? What is this? Um, I think a big yeah. part of it also is that the children characters are suffering um, a lot from um, from what I call the video game protagonists syndrome. Um, where in a lot of video games, especially video games that came out on like the PS3, Xbox, um, 360 era, um, where the male protagonists for a lot of video games were just kind of like bland, very generic kind of blank slates of, of human beings. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the kids fit that description in this. And I think it's kind of intentional, just like it was intentional with video games back then, because it was easy to, like, insert yourself in there. And it it was easier to just, like, 
plaster your own self-image on this kind of blank canvas of a character and stuff. So you can just be like, I'm I'm basically Ethan Drake. I'm I'm white and I think I'm hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's why Uncharted was such a hit. But um, <laughs> but um, I think a similar kind of thing is kind of going here, where like the kids don't have like super strong personalities. You can like tell their different characters, but like they don't have like super strong, fully shaped um, identities in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy for kids to just be like, oh, yeah, like I kind of identify with Billy or or like, you know, I could see myself as as like hero boy or hero girl and, and things like that. I think that could be a part of it as well. Um, mm-hmm. I can see it. OK, yeah. Um, I don't even know where to go next. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um yeah, so what was your thought on the uh, the tickets? Um, you know, I, I remember we were watching this movie, and I was watching it with my brother, uh, with brothers, and um, one of my brothers mentioned how the tickets don't have, like, a meaning or whatever, and I hadn't remembered anything about this movie, like, at all. I just erased it from my mind. So it was like watching it for the first time again. Um, but at the end of the movie, or, yeah, at the end of the movie, or when they're about to go home, uh, Tom Hanks uses the ticket to like put random words on the ticket that I guess were supposed to be meaningful, but I didn't find any meaning in it. Uh, what, what what were your thoughts on that whole like uh, segment? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> um, it was. It was interesting. Like. I get. I can kind of see what they were going for with the tickets. Um, there are other things in the Polar Express that I will like probably mercilessly pick on um, later on in the podcast for not making any sense or not having any significance whatsoever. Um, but so I'll cut the tickets a little bit of a break. I can kind of see what they were getting at, but. What the tickets meant for each character, like the central theme of it was really inconsistent, right? Because he gives the ticket back to Hero Girl. God, I wish these characters had names. (laughs) (laughs) He gives the ticket back to Hero Girl, who was objectively the best child on this adventure. Yes. And, um, like, objectively. And, um... She gives it back to he gives it back to her, and her says like, "Lead, right?" Mm-hmm. And and he's just like, "Because you are capable of good leadership." And I'm just <laughs> being like, "Okay, well that makes sense. Like I can see that. Yeah, this is like, hey, this is what you're good at. This is something that you know you can seek in life. This is where you go from here." Um, that's not what applied to the other children though, because he gives, um, the super annoying, oh, it all kid, um, who's probably on Adderall, um, (laughs) or well, I guess it was the fifties. So he's probably on cocaine, um, a prescribed (laughs) dose and, (laughs) and it was just like, learn. And he's just like, oh, okay. And like, learn is like not a fitting word for that character at all. Because, like, his issue wasn't that he needed to learn. If anything, he had learned too much. 
and did not know how to dispense that knowledge in an appropriate way. <laughs> His should have been like, I don't know. Listen or like relax yeah. <laughs> or like respect or something like that. But learn not only didn't fit his character, but it also didn't really fit the message of what he gave to the girl. And the same thing can be said, I'm completely perplexed by what Billy was supposed to gain from his ticket word. Because his was like oh. rely or like reliable. Or yeah, uh, rely, lean on, and something else. I had like three different things. Yeah, on. it kept changing. And it's I was like, like, what the heck? Like, just like, yeah, because you, you can learn to rely on your friends. It's just like, yeah, the friends that like he's never going to see again because they <laughs> no, there's no indication that they live close to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like for a kid who's homo teeth was that he's coming from poverty. He's never had good connotations with Christmas because his family just can't afford a good Christmas for him. Like, to give him a ticket of just, like, hope or, like, um, family or something that, like, an intangible thing to meet the lack of the tangible things in his life would have felt more appropriate as like, as keeping with a theme of just like, this is something to, to follow and seek after as you go on into the world. But having like, you know, rely, well, like he's already relying on like the impoverished income of his family. Right. Like there's no real indication that like he has bad relationships with his family. It just seems that they're just poor and stuff like that's okay. That. You know, that happened in the 50s. That happens today. Like, that's all right. Um, But, like, to say just, like, rely on others. Like, chalking down the impoverished kid's character arc to you need to rely on others felt almost, like, very aggressive. Yeah, that's fair. Like, it felt almost predatory. Like, yeah, rely on others. Learn your place. You aren't going to, like, rise above what your situation is. Like, you just rely on other people. Yeah. It was very weird. It just felt odd. Well, um, how they handle Billy's character throughout the entire movie is very weird to me. And, yeah, like you said, a little aggressive. Like, you, you were introduced to him, and he's put on, like, a different part of the train entirely. Like, he's not with the other kids. And then, like... um the hero girl like befriends him and kind of sings a song talking about how awesome Christmas is. And he's like, yeah, I, I can't relate. And he just still is like bragging about Christmas. And it's like, <laughs> it's just really, it's just really weird. And then you would think that Santa would give Billy the first toy. Yes. And he's like, I'm going to give it to the fucker who doesn't really do anything at all. and doesn't really believe in me. And <laughs> well, yeah. I'm going to give it to this kid with like his big house and like his his super like and hearing parents who obviously bought him a bunch of stuff anyway. Like I'm gonna give it to this kid. Like I'm not gonna give it to the kid who literally has no presents every year. It made it just makes no sense to me. Like I really hated how they did Billy's character. Like justice for Billy, to be honest. It's like hashtag justice for Billy. Yes. <laughs> hashtag free hashtag free Billy. It's wild. 
Because like even his even his fake name, just like there's Hero Boy and Hero Girl, and then right. who's this? He's lonely. It's just like what? <laughs> Why can't he have a positive adjective attached to him? <laughs> like he can't be like I don't know, hopeful boy or like wistful boy. Or like wise boy, wise from the experience of his childhood. Like I don't know, it's just like nah, that kid, kid doesn't have any friends, and that's all you need to know about his character. <laughs> right. Like they could, and that's the wildest thing to me because they could have had an asocial kid without him being defined by being poor. Yeah. Like if that's mm-hmm. the theme they wanted to go with, why did they make him poor in compa- in visual comparison to the rest of the children? Yeah. <laughs> To yeah. just have him be a loner who doesn't have any friends like it's really bizarre <laughs> such a I, I don't know what, what they were trying to do with that like it was just very I don't get it I don't I don't understand if anybody has any insight on what they were trying to do with Billy's character please uh please let the fandom correspondents know <laughs> please holler at us at us on social media um uh, yeah, what was uh, who was your favorite side character? Oh, strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> boy, you asked the tough ones. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I don't want to say hero girl because to me, hero girl is the main character. Yeah. Um, so I'm not gonna say that. Um, why were there so many people voicing the waiter? You couldn't tell how. M- okay. Anyway, sorry guys, I'm lost on IMDb. Um, I'm trying to find an example. Um, I like the elves, honestly. Did you? I kind of did. I liked. I liked the depiction of the elves. Like, you get so many. Like we've had so many varying depiction of elves in Christmas films over the years, and like, I don't know. It was kind of comforting to go back. To just like, no, they're just like small dudes who live in the <laughs> North Pole and stuff. And that's all you that's all you need to know about them. Um, you know, I thought they had like a couple of funny lines or funny things they said. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. They they all worshipped Santa. Uh, they did. It's like a little Santa cult. It was. Uh, yeah. It was. If that they, might be the scariest part of the movie to me i'm really like, glad they didn't um do another hot cocoa scene when they reached the north pole because that would have had like very strong jonestown vibes i <laughs> <laughs> would have made me really uncomfortable <laughs> yeah yeah as opposed to the comfort that you were feeling you know like that yeah exactly it would have just been like, like drink it and don't let it cool <laughs> Oh my, like, oh, oh my that god that scene is horrible <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'm dying Polar Express has killed me <laughs> for what anyone a- I'm sorry without context uh, we're talking about this scene in the train where why am I why am I explaining this I don't know here we go <laughs> where there's this scene in the train where Tom Hanks is like do y'all want some snacks and does he even let him answer? I don't know. That he's like, of course. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, sa- so he says, "Is anyone in need of refreshment?" And when I was like it. ten That's years it. old, I would not have known what that meant. 
I would have just been like, what? <laughs> then what he like mean? releases his clones of uh, servers with yes. this like, yeah, hot Yes, chocolate. it's all the same dude. Yeah, it is it's all, all the same, same dude, dude, which is why I'm so perplexed why so many voice actors played them. Well, yeah, there's, even clones are people, yeah, I don't know. There's, <laughs> no, there's nine different people who voiced the waiters. Well, you know, because of the song, I guess, right? Like, you needed, you know, all the harmonizing and stuff about how to not let the hot chocolate kill, kill Just, or... You know, you'll die or something. I don't know. Just I don't hire, remember what the tricks were. Just hire one good vocalist and layer it. Like, that's all you have to do. Well, they'd already done that with Tom Hanks. So I guess they wanted more, you know. Tom Hanks yeah. played, like, 85 characters in this movie. That's true. That's something that, like, we can really gloss over. Like. Yeah, I know. Just real quick. Like, I love Tom Hanks. I think Tom Hanks is the man. Uh, uh, yeah, fan he's an excellent actor um and he really was he was giving his all in this performance i was impressed by how into it he was um y'all you know voice actors need jobs as somebody who knows um who has friends who are actively trying to break into the voice acting industry um Mm -hmm. it's a it's a hard industry to break into and like and like we gotta we gotta stop with all of the animated films that have this like star-studded A-list celebrity voice cast who usually don't know how to how to voice act in the first place. And like again, like Tom Hanks, I don't think that includes him. He does a terrific job. But like dude played like seven different characters. And and like I just kept thinking throughout, I I was just like, man. You know, I wonder. I wonder if six voice actors were were going hungry in two thousand and four, because like <laughs> we got we got to stop with the celebrity voice. This is a very small thing, but it really gets to me. Like, um, I'm just gonna jump on the most recent example. Like, there is. I don't care how much you love Chris Pratt. That man does not need to be the voice of Mario. Like, <laughs> when he's had an established voice actor for like 30 years come on man it's trash but um yeah. <laughs> I don't care how big a Chris Pratt fan you are <laughs> like he shouldn't be voicing Mario um but um it was so weird it was kind of distracting uh-huh. because every time I heard Tom Hanks's voice come up I was just like oh it's Tom Hanks um it um Oh gosh, a similar thing happened. I um, in one of the earlier films we we talked about, where there was like one, um, shoot, who was that? Lionel Richie. <laughs> it was Lionel Richie yeah. in um in Preacher's Wife. Yes, <laughs> yes. Where every time he was on screen, like a really good piece of acting could be going on, but I'd just be like, oh my god, that's Lionel Richie. <laughs> <laughs> a similar thing happened with yeah. Polar Express, which nobody thought I'd be comparing Polar Express and Preacher's no. Wife today. Not on my bingo card, no. But um, <laughs> but yeah, every time Tom Hanks voiced a new person, I was I was taken out of it immediately, and I was just like, oh my god, that's Tom Hanks again. He he's everywhere. Are they trying he's to like? Really? Are they trying to do something with it? <laughs> like his, like the conductor and the hobo. 
are both voiced by Tom Hanks. Are they are they the same person? Was that intentional? There's a lot of weird theories about there's there is a you could go on a deep dive with uh, Polar Express theories. Oh, God, um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> but I guess there's like you know everybody's like the hobo you know the theory you mentioned earlier where he's like a ghost or an angel. Um, apparently, he might have like died on the Polar Express when he was a kid. Why? And <laughs> yeah, like there's like a whole like list of things, but I kind of like what you said that like Tom Hanks and him are the same person. I like that better. Yeah, but anyway, um, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. perplexed. <laughs> yeah, that just really bothered me. <laughs> the hobo in this movie, though, every time I saw him, just reminded me of Ernest. Um, I don't know yes. why. uh every time i saw him it just made me think of you know ernest goes to camp or something like i don't know that's incredible he was he was so weird with his coffee and like so creepy and like uh telling him i thought the line about him being like uh he was like i'm looking for a girl he's like well aren't we all and i was like what where are you where are you looking for girls at you're on a train full of children i don't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. The and then if you get to the po- if you get to you know the Santa area, it's all elves. So it's like, what are you? I don't know. Why are you here? Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So like, yeah, you bring up a good point in that like the the weird train hobo speak that this character was using when talking to like this child who grew up in like a, in like an, a middle class suburb. Like that, it was so, he kept saying such weird things and calling yes. things like weird terms that like, I don't think train hobos like say, and I, don't think like, so. I think they were just made up words. I felt like I was reading a clockwork orange and, um, <laughs> and like, there's a, and like, it brings a, it strikes at another thing that kept like distracting me was that I couldn't for the life of me, you may be able to help me, Jenny, for the life of me, I could not figure out who this movie was made for. Oh no, same. Same. Because like if I'm if I'm like a kid who I assume is a target audience, if I'm a child, if I'm like seven, eight years old, and I sit down and watch this, when it gets to the train hobo and you're with the hobo for a while. Yeah. Like, you like fasten your seatbelt. You're on the hobo ride for a little bit. And like, if I'm like seven years old about to sit down and watch this and I come across that scene, like that is the scene that will lose me as a child. <laughs> like, cause I won't know what's happening. I won't know what his deal is. I won't even understand what he's saying in the dialogue. Yeah. So like my attention span as a seven year old is going to be gone as soon as that scene hits. Right, but they still, they all love it, though. So, I guess they knew what they were doing. Like I said, kids are obsessed with it. That's wild. It's so weird. Because it, I'm, I'm with you. I, I feel like I would have hated this movie as a child. But it came out when I was 14, so I already was like, no, this is weird. But Right, exactly. It came out when I was 12. Like, <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it just wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh. Okay, here's a hard one. What did you like about this movie? <laughs> um <laughs> hmm. oddly enough, I do think 
like we talked about the animation already and how weird and uncanny valley all the people were outside of the people like i think a lot of the object animation in this um actually looked very nice i think like the train itself looks really good i think all of like um particle effect isn't exactly the right term but like how the snow looked when they're outside like when they're on top of the train and stuff i thought that yeah. looked really good um so like aside from the people who looked just odd um and like scary aside from the people it's like visually um a pretty appealing film like it it looks pretty good and you can tell that like they spend a lot of time on the animation i definitely had the thought of like during the sequence where the ticket like flies through the grate and flies outside and then gets caught up by the bird and goes down the cliff and then gets coughed up by the smaller bird and comes back and then goes like through the length of the train and stuff like that was it was so random and like i didn't really get why we were spending so much time with it but like i do remember thinking like you know this does look <laughs> like this this does look pretty good and like i'm kind of mad at like how good this <laughs> this animation looks yeah. as soon as as soon as the people are off the screen because like this does look really good i bet i wonder like how much painstaking time and over time, the animators were doing just the weird, like, just the animation of, like, the baby eagle, like, coughing up, coughing up the crumpled up ticket and it falling down. <laughs> I was just like, like, a group of, like, th three people spent, like, four <laughs> months doing that scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, I no, don't know why. But it looks pretty good. So I don't know. I did like that part of it. Well, yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that. I would definitely say the animation, too, is very impressive, um, aside from the humans looking so weird. Um, the When I was watching it, and I remembered that, because, like, when it got to that scene, like, I was a little, like, the ticket, like, flying through everything. I was like, why is this necessary? But then I remembered, and I could be wrong, but I feel like this movie came out as an IMAX movie. And, like, I feel like it was created specifically for IMAX. I could be wrong, but that would explain a lot of the weirdness. It doesn't explain it away. It's still very weird, even if you do go see it in IMAX. But I feel like there was a lot of like 3D stuff happening uh, at the time of its release. Again, I could mm. be wrong, but I feel like that was like a big deal back then. But again, I was very uninterested in the movie too. So it's hard to <laughs> sure. say. Could be making Fair all enough. that up. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> But, could be uh, I think you are right. You think it like premiered as like an IMAX experience. Um, yes. Whatever it is. So yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I had forgotten about it until I rewatched that specific scene, especially the scene where the bird does cough up the ticket because I thought that was weird and gross. And then I was like, oh, wait, I bet in IMAX I'd be like, cool, you know, but... Anyway, I wouldn't go uh, that far, but <laughs> I, see where, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge IMAX person to begin with. So, um, <laughs> uh, what did you think about um, Santa in this movie? 
Oh my gosh, I was so scared of what you were gonna say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was just like, "There's, there's no telling how this sentence is gonna end." Um, yeah, Santa was fine. I don't have a whole lot to say about Santa. Like, Maybe I have like way the more. Jolliest Santa you've ever seen, though. I, I don't know. <laughs> is he jolly? No, he, the least jolliest is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, the least jolly. I thought He's you said the jolliest. Jolly. And I was just like, I, I didn't really get that. But no. no. Oh, I just feel like he was so nonchalant about everything. He was. About like, Santa. Ugh. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> 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 What's up, you pussies? I'm Santa. <laughs> 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 yeah, he was a weird Santa. He um he I didn't get so like the characterization of Santa in this was was kind of whatever for me. But I had way more questions about how like what was the ideology behind the existence of Santa here, right? Because, like, this was a problem for me, right? This movie... <laughs> this, this movie was a problem for me because it touched upon, in a very unsatisfying way, it touched upon this idea that I've often thought about, that, like, I've kind of, like, wrestled and struggled with for years. And that's the idea of, like, of, like having faith in something and like seeing the evidence of something um, and like the differences there and the similarities there and how those kind of weigh um, against each other. Um, and like, it kind of talked about that, but in the most unsatisfying way ever, because the whole thing was this child, this hero boy, um, I'm going to call him Frank. Frank, <laughs> Does <laughs> screw the, screw the stupid screenplay? I'm gonna go call him Frank. Um, Frank is starting to not believe in Santa anymore, so he gets this fever dream of an experience where he goes on a train and it's a magical train. It takes him to the North Pole and he sees the elves. He sees a workshop and he sees and interacts with Santa himself, and it's just like okay. Now, you believe, and that belief is signified by, like, the ringing of the bell and how he can hear it. However, prior to that scene, Tom Hanks, as a conductor, um, who I also refer to just as Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks <laughs> um, tells Frank and his friends, like, sometimes the most important things that you can believe in are things that can't be seen. And then you get to where he's he sees and talks to and touches Santa Claus. And I'm left with just like, well, what the hell did that line have to do with anything? Then? <laughs> You're right. Like, what are you talking about? Like this <laughs> this what what? And now <laughs> and into like the last the last 15 minutes of the movie are the most infuriating 15 minutes I've spent in a while. Because it was just like I could hear the bell, but my parents couldn't. 
And over the years, all my friends and even my sister stopped being able to hear it. Yes. But I still hear it today. She's like, of course you can. You saw him. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you saw everything. The curtain was torn in two for you. Like, of, of course you believe. Yeah, it was just it's like, not impressive. And like the basic, the basic idea of the movie was so weird to me because if it was this idea of oh this kid is starting to not believe in Santa, let's go get him on the Polar Express and show him so that he can continue to believe. I'm just like okay, hundreds of thousands of children every year stop believing in Santa, like. What is so special about this child? And you have the subplot of him like talking to his little sister and just being like, well, you know, Santa isn't real. They're lying to you, little sister. And like it's ruining her experience. But then it's just like, and even even my sister stopped hearing the bell. And I was just like, well, what was the, so there was no character development there at all. Because like you didn't like actually like instill a long-lasting belief in the spirit of Christmas in her because she stopped hearing it as well. The only person who gained from this experience, Frank, was you. Like, <laughs> it'd be like, it would be like if, if Josh came up to me and Josh was just like, you know, Al, I um, hear you're starting to um, have some trouble with um, your faith. And with your belief in God, his existence. And I said back to him, well, you know, um, I guess that's I guess that's true from time to time. I kind of I kind of has have issues with it, with whether I believe in that or not. And Josh is just like, okay, well, here is the face of God, Al. Now you can have faith. I was just like, that's that's not me having faith. That that's me having the the knowledge. <laughs> like yeah. it's not having faith and i kept the movie felt like it was setting up this conflict and this message of faith and belief in the unseen and having belief in things you don't always understand and that was just violently swept out from under my feet as i was watching this movie because it was just like no this guy's gonna go up and he's he's just gonna like touch santa's face and like it's just like oh i'm good for the rest of my life and, <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah. That was that's a really good point. I don't know if you had the same experience with that, but that was infuriating to me. I didn't even like. I mean, there was so much to unpack from that. I didn't even notice that. But you're right. I thought it was super nihilistic at the end when they were like, uh, "And soon my my friends stopped believing too." And I was like, "Well, that's really depressing." But like, I didn't connect. Like what you said was, "Yeah, you're right." That's like. So this movie is just complete i mean it's trash it's uh <laughs> it's, trash. I mean, it's trash it's it's yeah um that okay so now i do have a follow-up question to you because um i already caught out tom hanks really stupid line of just like sometimes the most important things you can believe in are things you can't see <laughs> I love here's the, the voice you do. Here, here, here's the real life Santa for you to just <laughs> smell and touch. Um, <laughs> um, but that brings up another line that Tom Hanks has. And I wonder if you know the one I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> where it's it's at the end of the movie and Frank is about to go home. I, I'm really glad I gave him a name. 
in hindsight. <laughs> I like and Frank, it. <laughs> and Frank is about to go home. And Tom Hanks, the conductor, is just like, and remember, kid, the thing about trains is that it doesn't matter where they're going. It matters if you decide to get on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that line felt like it came out of a totally different movie. Because <laughs> I was just like, what bearing or relevance does that have on anything that's transpired? In this? <laughs> and I ex- to the point where I expected him to say something else to explain what the hell he just said. <laughs> And then he's just like, well, Merry Christmas, and gets back on the train. And Frank is just left there like, oh, I don't I don't know what the fuck he was talking about, but okay. At least wow. I can use the spell. Like. What a weird day this has been. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bed. Like, <laughs> what a weird line. What did that mean? What did that mean to you, Jenny? Am I crazy? Like, am I being unfair to this movie? No, you're not at all. Um, No, I heard that line and I was like, I guess, because I was trying to, like, you know, get some sort of positive, you know, thing out of this movie. And I was like, I guess it just means, you know, take chances or, you know, some something like that. But at the same time, it's I don't know. Like, I don't know, Al. I don't know. I mean, like, was that... <laughs> Was that the lesson I was supposed to take from, <laughs> from the Polar Express? Yeah, have like, faith and take ch- chances. Is that the is that the is that a Christmas message to I, to take chances? Not that I'm aware of. Like, I mean, I guess it's not not a Christmas message, but like like if this was like a Christmas film about like the prospectors in California, maybe <laughs> like sure, take a chance, go see what's out there, but like. And like, what is that? See, what is that saying to whoever the target audience of the movie is? Because if the target audience of this movie is children, is the message you want to leave the children with is take chances. Yeah. Get on trains with creepy men. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Hey, kid, if you're (laughs) ever unsure about something. Always err on the side of taking a chance. <laughs> yeah. like, is that is that what we're telling children now? <laughs> I, I, I like, don't know. Like that felt so much more applicable if like the target audience was just like was just like young adults or like older teenagers possibly to just be like, hey, go like you know, go take that trip. Go go tell that girl or guy how you feel about them. You know, things like that. But this this movie is one. If there is an audience that this movie is not directed at, it is older teens and young adults. <laughs> yeah. like, so that so that application goes completely out the window. Like yeah. it was so strange. I think that was the thing that kept coming to mind as I was watching it. Was just who <laughs> is this movie? for like not just in a visual sense but just like in the themes of just like the line the the vocal words that are being said like who is this for and the songs in the movie like i don't get any like all of it's just weird it was just so weird i just 
man. I'll have nightmares about the hot chocolate song for the rest of my life. <laughs> Don't you dare let it cool. I haven't ordered hot chocolate since. <laughs> and I I love hot chocolate. I, I order know. it like I order it like every day, like in the summertime. I love hot chocolate. I haven't ordered it since I watched this movie. I may never order it again. Oh, no. <laughs> it may have ruined an entire sweet drink for me. Like that's, that's what Polar Express did. But, um, you know, the thing about hot chocolate, it isn't what it tastes like. <laughs> it's deciding to order it, you see. So, you know. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> that was really wise, Al. I liked it. <laughs> I learned it from Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. Would you watch? This, would you watch this movie again? I, <laughs> I I wouldn't watch this movie again if if someone had my family at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> To be completely honest with you, <laughs> if if someone broke into my home and had just everyone I've I was related to by blood and by marriage just at at the end of a gun and was just like sit down right now and watch the Polar Express, I'd just be like, I guess I'm gonna be lonely the rest of my life. <laughs> Which was fine because I'm gonna get a present and a ticket that says rely. So, <laughs> so it'll be fine. It'll, I'll figure it out, you know, like it's fine. Uh, yeah. What is life if you don't take chances, am I right? <laughs> Sometimes believing in things you can't see is, you know, the most important or whatever the fuck he says. I don't know. Yeah, and I I definitely won't be able to see the ghost of my family when you shoot them, so <laughs> What's more important than that? Jenny, would you watch this again? No, I wouldn't. I, you'd have to pay me a large sum of money. I would only do it for that. And so, um, yeah, to, to our editor-in-chief, if he's listening, you know, he'd have to come up with, like, at least, like, a milli. For me to watch this At least movie, a <laughs> I like that. I like that you said at least. So even if he does offer you a million dollars, you're just going to be like, mm, "Can you go up any?" <laughs> yeah. Because it's not about the million dollars you pay. It's about the million dollars you're offered. <laughs> and I hate. You know, I actually <laughs> I watched this like. Over a week ago, I think, and we haven't, uh, we just haven't had time to record because life has been crazy. Mm-hmm. So I really hadn't thought about this movie until tonight. Um, <laughs> I I really hate those scenes with the hobo. Yeah, I yeah. hate them. They're like so every, awful. Like every time they come up, every when I was watching it, every time I saw the hobo again, I was just like, oh my god, we have to listen to some. 50s train speak nonsense coming out of the spirit of Rumble Stiltskin over here. <laughs> like, as he kidnaps this child to go find another child. Like, at one point, he refers to like an 11 year old girl as a skirt. And I'm just like, yeah. what is wrong with you? <laughs> Whatever you are, 
the, the, the Christmas cherubim of this train or whatever you are. Like, what is wrong with God? I hate I hate the hobo. Hobo yeah, is it. Hobo is an F tier Christmas character for me from now on. He is yeah. awful. The hobo and I hated the um oh my gosh, what were they? They weren't conductors, but it was like the bald dude and the bearded guy. Oh, the engineers? The engineers and that weird scene they did to get the caribou out of the way. Yeah, they- what was that all about? <laughs> that <was so> fucking weird. <laughs> And the caribou is just like, oh shit, okay, we're gonna we're gonna move along here. Was that like it was so strict because they were just like, uh, oh, it's gonna take forever to clear them out. It was just like, what well, you're in a you're in a train. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't have to run over the caribou as soon as a weird non animal thing starts to move toward the caribou are gonna move. <laughs> like <laughs> what are you talking about? They're like, I guess our only choice is to torture the one of the engineers and make him have a really weird noise. And yeah, yeah. what's going on with those guys? I don't know. Who are they? I don't know. Because they're not elves. The first time you watch it, you're just like, oh, I wonder if like the conductor and the hobo and the engineers are all elves, uh-huh. and these are like the elves of this world. They're just adults who work for Santa. Then you see the elves, and you're just like, oh, these are just adults. <laughs> Who happened to be on this train? Doing weird. <laughs> and are employed by Santa? Like, are they? Who are they paid for what they do? I don't know. Do they have? What's their job the rest of the year? I I, I don't know. What do they do with their lives? Do they have like bills and stuff? Or do, they... do you think they go home to like their timeshare in the North Pole once a year? That just, would be my guess. And that they would... just have like a, a fridge full of like of brewskis to just pop open <laughs> after a long, after a long night. And yeah. like what is Yeah. Uh. I don't know. Yeah, the adults have a lot of explaining to do in this film. They do. Well then there's that whole weird scene too where he like swallows what does he swallow? It's like something important to the train. Yeah, he swallows <laughs> he swallows the pin that was holding the break in place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, and why? I don't remember. Uh, because just they're he... just kind of flying about and you know, <laughs> this happens. <laughs> this just kind of happens. <laughs> so you're just I like, oh, okay, well. About, I just swallow them. Sure. Yeah. yeah, when I get on planes, that's that's why I'm glad we wear masks on planes now. It's <laughs> getting tired of swallowing flying pins. It's, yeah, just came out of the plane. <laughs> oh boy, what a weird, what a weird adventure we went on. And like everything we're saying doesn't even sound like it's from the same movie too. That's the weird thing. It doesn't. It doesn't it sounds <laughs> like... as disorganized and disjointed as like every everything that Tom Hanks says in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Just no bearing or, or relevance <laughs> to like anything else. How strange. <laughs> oh my god. We haven't even talked about the implication that like Santa has like an NSA type project going on on all the children in the world. <laughs> yeah, that true. was a weird scene. 
where the elves were just like, oh, this kid uh, put gum in his sister's hair. And then there's a live video feed in the 1950s of this child in the privacy of his own home. And you're just like, oh, we're not going to get any more info on that. <laughs> we're just like supposed as, to accept it. As soon as that scene came up, that was my reaction. I was just like, oh, this is weird. And when things are weird in this movie, that means we don't get any more info. <laughs> Oh man, it, it's it's almost like a uh, X Files type weird shit. Like some of it, you know what I mean? Like could be an X Files show. Like that's how weird it is. I could, yeah, I could kind of see that if um, yeah. um, if a file came across their desk um, and Older was talking to Scully, and he was just like, "There's a there's a chain over the last." 317 years of um, <laughs> of children being kidnapped from their homes <laughs> on Christmas <laughs> Eve. And when they return, they have a mystical object that no one can hear when they ring it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and <See>? these, and, <laughs> and 40 years after their abduction, they all become trained engineers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they migrate up north for a mysterious job. And Scully is just like... <laughs> Now, Motor, you can't be seriously saying that these children are kidnapped on a mystical train to go visit Santa on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and Motor is just like, well, Scully, you were abducted by aliens, so I don't know why you're such a skeptic after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of writes itself. I like that. Yeah, it does. You can actually just tear apart the movie like that. Like, just like how a file with the hobo. Just the hobo. Just like the hobo. That yeah. That's all you need. I would, I would love, I would absolutely love to see Gillian Anderson sit down and watch the Polar Express in character as Dr. Dana Scully. That would be absolutely <laughs> incredible. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, man. Um... Uh, how does this compare to the other films that we've watched? It's worse. <laughs> it's absolutely worse. <laughs> it's worse. It doesn't like. I get to I get to say my super ironic thing that I always say to piss off Star Wars fans, where I, I can just be like, "Well, you know what? This didn't feel like a Christmas movie to me," um, because that sentence can mean whatever you want it to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't a fan of this film. There were like two female characters, so it wasn't it wasn't my thing. Um, well, there was only one in this movie, right? So <laughs> I think so. I think some of the other children were girls, but they didn't have any lines. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just worse. Again, it goes back to like I can I can see who the other films that we've talked about. I can see who those are for. Um, like the 12 dates of Christmas is for the people who are, who are really into like the new age of Christmas films that are just like, you know, it's kind of like, excuse me. It's kind of like ironically bad and stuff. And you just kind of enjoy the insanity of it. Like, um, the preacher's wife is just like a, a very solid, well-made film that can be enjoyed by almost anybody like the Christmas list. And, um, in borrowed hearts like they are very much made for like 
you know, the Hallmark-esque audience and stuff. You know, y'all's mom of those. I know my mom is really into those kinds of films. Like, I can see who those are made for. Like, I don't know who is supposed to enjoy the Polar Express. Um, I just don't. And it didn't feel like a Christmas movie to me because I feel like all the other movies we watched were trying to teach me something. Even if it was just something as vague or as simple as, hey, it's Christmas. You should get into the Christmas spirit and like think about how you can be a positive influence to others. Even if it was something as simple as that, I was just like, okay, I get that. Like, sure. Right. Yeah. But the Polar Express is just like, hey, (laughs) watch out for hobos and don't (laughs) don't be mean to your sister. Like that's (laughs) that's the only that's the only intelligent messages I could get out of it. Yeah. Like there's magic. So that's cool. But like, there's no like message of hope or like anything like that. Like, it's just so uh, it's very bland. It's an unsatisfying movie. It just is like, I don't know. And I I still, I, I just can't get over Santa. Like he's just so like not Santa. Like, and everybody worships him like they you that he is he is god he they that is the elf's religion is santa and santa. he's just like just like no personality like this dude who's just like oh i'm not gonna pick a proper kid to give a gift to i'm just gonna pick this dude oh yeah so, yeah i, I hated you. that I believe if Santa had had told the elves to do so, they would have totally just like killed all of those, all of those. Oh kids. no, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> like all like, Santa had to do was just like have like a thumbs down, like a Roman emperor, <laughs> and all the elves would pull out like machetes <laughs> and just be like, they "Get them!" Yeah. <laughs> Get the children to create the Yule log. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I could see it. I could, I could too. It. It, I was, would, it would make about as much sense as everything else in the movie if they had done that. I would be like, oh, okay. That makes, yeah. That follows. I will say, you know, hearing you talk about it um, has really helped me see different angles and different aspects of it. Because you describing, like, the fact that there's magic in this movie, um, <laughs> it's it's such a weird depiction of magic. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, here's a here's a train that can like bend time and space to go places really fast and go up to the North Pole. But it's sometimes it needs train tracks and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> um, sometimes it's a death machine that we have no control over whatsoever. <laughs> Anything could happen with this train. Um, but it can definitely get to the North Pole. Um, this ring is magic, but only if you believe it is, Mm -hmm. um, which is like, hell, that's like how voodoo works in the skeleton key. Like that's a, (laughs) that's a, it's an interesting comparison to make to a Christmas movie. Um, yeah, it's, it's something, um, it's something. What a ride. This has been. <laughs> yeah. What a ride on the Polar Express. Um, man, I know that we haven't been super 
positive about this movie, but I just, I mean, I, to our listeners, I'm sorry if like mm. this is like a really great, you know, film to you. Um, you know, that's your prerogative. Uh, I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear why. If this yes. is a movie, if this Please is a movie that you all watch every single year for Christmas, I w- yeah. I legitimately want you to tell us why. I want yes. you to tell us why you enjoy it so much and why it's a staple. Because like, I'm fascinated. Maybe we missed something. Yes, yes, I want to know. Um, you know, fandoms for everybody. So you know, if you are a fan of this movie, we we want to hear about it. And you know, um, like me and Al said, we the animation's pretty cool aside from the humans. So. Yeah. I yeah. love Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is great. Tom Hanks is always a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's all. That's, <laughs> <laughs> um, what what are what are your final thoughts, Al? Is that is that it? <laughs> um. Yeah, I like Tom Hanks, and um, I hope one day I can order hot hot chocolate again. Um, <laughs> Me too. I think I think the baristas at the Starbucks at my work um, are kind of worried about me. Haven't shown up in a while, so probably. Hopefully, I can yeah. overcome the the new phobia I have <laughs> and order some hot chocolate from them. So, I so hope that if you go in there and you're just like, "Well, I watch Polar Express," they'll be like, "Oh, I get it. Never mind." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's all understood. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> No hard feelings. <laughs> this um, is going to be, after all these years, Polar Express is going to be the thing that drives me to coffee. Yeah. <laughs> because I can't Please. enjoy hot chocolate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't let it, you know, cool. So, I can't you know. let it cool. Yeah. I can't. Let, I will go to hell if I let that hot <laughs> chocolate cool. You will. You will. Yeah. I will. The hobo will take me there. Yes. Yeah. Happily. Yeah, the hobo does drink coffee though, so that's kind of ruined, you know. So he does. It looked like he drank like really nasty coffee. Yeah, it was really gross. Like it looked like sludge. Yeah, it looked yeah. like it was coffee just with like the grounds just kind of thrown in there. Yeah, just kind of all sloshy. It was weird. Hmm, interesting. Um, let's see. Did we miss anything? I, I I'm sure we did. <laughs> uh, that's okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, um, Josh and Jacob are in there. Is there anything you want us to talk about? About this horrible movie? I can't believe you guys haven't brought up the incredibly creepy uh, version of Santa Claus is coming to town. They sing. Well, we mentioned the singing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah but if there's if there's a scene that's from the Wicker Man in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, no, like when they're right before Santa comes out, they start singing that just slowly and like very. You better watch. Out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it is. It's, it's creepy for sure. It was. Uh, it yeah. was. It felt like a. See, it felt like a trailer for Black Christmas. It was very strange. <laughs> well, and actually, like even before that scene, there's like these like eerie clips of like. Christmas songs when they're like for whatever reason the the know-it-all kid uh pushes their the train caboose with Billy the hero and the the hero girl and the hero and Frank um Frank yeah and he he pushes them down 
I guess he was trying to kill them. I'm not really sure. But like, how are you though? Like, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know what his point was. Well, you he, know like, what happened to him. Yeah. So he, like, led, and he, he let his hot chocolate cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the devil took over. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he sends that train flying, and then like they're they're going throughout all of Santa Land, and there's like these creepy like little like tidbits of Christmas songs that just kind of like very creepily play. It, it was unsettling to me. Um, but yeah, yeah I don't I even. St- th- those scenes were so like. I don't know what the, like, they were so meaningless. I almost forgot they existed. But anyway, what were you going to say? Yeah. I guess the thing I'm going to leave off with is I'm still just like, I'm still so befuddled by what I'm supposed to think about Frank at the end of the film. Because, like, he's just like, and over time, I'm the only one I know who can hear the bell. And <laughs> no, I'll, no, always, okay. I'll always believe. And I'll just. And I was just like, what a horrible weight you have to carry now. <laughs> like, like what? what is your life going to look like with the knowledge that Santa exists? Like, when the children in your life, and, like, I assume they're going to be, like, nieces and nephews, because there's no way this man is going to have a functional relationship with an adult. <laughs> <laughs> when the children in his life like are talking about Santa and their parents are just like, oh yeah, we got him a little something something from Santa this year. Are you just like staring at them with dead eyes and just like, <laughs> Santa does not need the assistance of adult mortals. <laughs> he subsists simply on the belief and the faith of children. <laughs> like, w- what a horrible horrible existence that santa has cursed this man to now <laughs> like i don't know if i woke up and had an experience of just like hey al the easter bunny is real <laughs> it's an anthropomorphic easter bunny who steals <laughs> eggs from birds and gives them to children and turns them into chocolate and he only shows up in the spring but not quite at the same time in the spring every year and i woke up with that knowledge my life would be over <laughs> there would be nowhere for me to go from that like let me to go and work in a lab with the knowledge that the easter bunny exists that's not gonna happen <laughs> you want me to enjoy the warm embrace of a romantic partner knowing that an anthropomorphic rabbit is is stealing eggs at that given second like it's not gonna it's not gonna work I feel so bad for this child and now this man. He's, it reminds it reminds me to go back to the cult motif. It reminds me of the stories I've heard and read about the children who are rescued from cults, and like they go in and like the FBI SWAT team shows up and they they take them out of the cult, and they're just like, well, they've been tortured for like years and years, but they're alive and they're rescued. And when I hear that, I'm just like, oh, great. They're going to have super healthy, functional lives now. Like, that's what Santa did to this child. (laughs) (laughs) He won't be able to have a conversation with another adult without talking about his insane Santa Claus ramblings. It's not going to happen. 
Yeah. Oh boy. Wow. I didn't even think about that side of it. So yeah. we are just yeah. yeah. So again, if you liked this movie, <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> we would love a rebuttal. We'll even put you on the podcast. Why not? Let's do that. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Well, uh that does conclude officially Christmas Fest for uh twenty twenty one. We did it. It was the first one. I really enjoyed it, uh, except for Polar Express. Um, <laughs> although talking with you know somebody else who who had to go through it too, it was it was nice. It was very nice. I appreciate you, Al. Uh, appreciate. I would not have been able to do it by myself. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, so next things uh, that F- the FC are doing, uh, we're doing the EU podcast, right? Yes, um, um, Jacob yeah. and I are doing a new podcast series. It'll be a new episode every month where we're talking about various expanded universe stuff uh, for Star Wars. Uh, we're doing new canon stuff. We're doing old canon stuff. We're doing books, comics, games, films, everything. Um, so we're going to be um, talking about that. We're doing The Light of the Jedi as our first episode uh, by Charles Soule. Uh, that book is pretty easy to find. Um, it's on paperback now, so it shouldn't be too expensive. So if you want to grab it and read along with us and join us on this little adventure we're doing, uh, we're super excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's going to be a good time. Good times. Um, and then sometime this month, uh, hopefully pretty soon, we'll be doing an end of year podcast for 2021 and talking about all the other cool stuff that the fan correspondents are doing this year. So uh, yeah, keep listening. We appreciate it. Um, And yeah, remember, fandom is for everybody. Y'all take care. Don't you dare let it cool.